What is up, everybody? This is Hunter Williams. Today is going to be episode 213 of the Bootstrap Brand Podcast. I have an amazing guest with me today. He's going to blow your mind with some of the stuff that he's going to jump into. His name is Tom Palladino, and he has a very, very cool technology that he's going to be discussing that if you listen to this show, you probably are already on board with, but um, he's got some really cool stuff. So, Tom, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? Yeah, I am well. Thank you for the invitation. All right. Well, let's just get into it. How did you get involved in scalar energy and what does that even mean? Yeah, scalar energy, radiant energy, as Nikola Tesaquil called it, it's a different type of energy than that of electricity. So there's two energies, scalar energy, zero point energy, Tesla energy offers the world such great prospect. And this new technology, I'm trying to introduce it to mankind. It takes a while for people to digest this, to distill what I'm trying to impart. But uh, I would say in my life, Nikola Tesla was the driving force as a youngster. And I saw the genius of Nikola Tesla. And I said to myself, he's using a different type of energy. Many of his inventions were using scalar energy. And that's why we've never reproduced his work. Yeah, that's fascinating. Was there like a biography you read of him or any documentaries that you watched that kind of piqued your interest into that and then helped you dive into that? Yeah, at a young age I was reading, I was a voracious reader and I wanted to learn more about Tesla. And the more I read about him, now this is before we had the internet, the more I read about Tesla, I said to myself, this man is a genius. Why aren't we using his work? Well, we are now, we're starting to wake up. Yeah, and that kind of goes in hand in hand. We won't go into this too much, but with a lot of the censorship that's even probably happened over the last hundred years. I think if you look at the 20th century, most of the history that we are told from pre-20th century history was written during the 20th century. And so a lot of the stuff that we're starting to discover now uh, probably is not exactly what we have been told. But anyway, that's a topic for another day. Um, so to talk about scalar energy, can you just give us a brief rundown on the mechanics of how it works as opposed to a lot of people, because of the schooling that they go through and everything, they have this understanding of energy is very particle and matter based and how scalar yeah. energy is actually much more uh, deep and important than that type yeah. of paradigm. Yeah, bravo to that. Uh, scalar energy is massless. Good point. It's non-physical. It's intelligence. And what Tesla was able to tap into, he was able to harness that intelligence of the universe. So you don't need a photon to carry light. Scalar energy is a light, light source unto itself. It is non-physical. It originates from the sun and the stars. Actually, it's the energy that, that drives the sun and the stars. So this is a new paradigm. Now, what am I getting at? If this energy is from the sun and the stars and we can tap it, if we can concentrate it, then my goodness, we have free energy. We don't need a power plant. The power plant pre-exists. It's the sun and the stars. Yeah, it's funny. I first got introduced to that idea. It's probably, I want to say it was maybe 20 or 21. And I read Atlas Shrugged by Ayn Rand, which some of the stuff I agree, agree with, I don't think necessarily... I think she's kind of too hardcore in the sense of being very uh, individualistic and kind of ruthless when it comes to capitalism. I think there's probably a more uh, 
overall beneficial model of economics that would apply to the world than necessarily her worldview. But in that, from what I remember, because it's been so long since I read it, uh, the guy, I think his name was John Galt, invented a device that ran on free energy. And that was the first time I kind of came across like, oh, maybe there is a way that we don't have to have or the gasoline, all these different things that the legacy systems that we're currently running on um, to exist. And as I have matured and just done a lot of research on my own and everything, you start to realize that there's much more than the concrete world that we're experiencing. And I think there's probably a shift going on with humanity right now where whether it's through the dissemination of information with the internet and everything, where we're starting to experience this, pick up on it, people like us are connecting. So uh, how did you get into taking the idea of scalar energy and then putting that into a company that now is serving tons of people and helping make their lives better? Thank you. It's, it's been quite laborious. You're right. I've taken this from the, uh, from the desktop to reality, to, to a functioning business. So I, um, over the course of the past 30 years, I've been working with engineers. We've developed and perfected scalar energy instruments. Now, what do you do with that energy? Well, one a number of functions that I've discovered is that it can improve human and animal health. And uh, for instance, a scalar energy instrument can be used directed to create, to actually assemble a micronutrient such as an amino acid. So we're taking these instruments, if you will, and we're harnessing this scalar energy from the sun and the stars and we're able to create a nutrient. And that's beneficial to people or animals or plant life for that matter. And uh, it, it's been a long road. We do have a, a, a business, if you will, a model. It's uh, scalarlight.com. And we're able to now scale this on a massive proportion. I envision a global healing ministry from this, from this business uh, platform. That's amazing. And I think it's probably coming at a time, too, where... I think a lot of people would be of the opinion, oh, modern medicine, all these things that we have, we're so much further ahead than people were maybe a thousand or two thousand years ago. But if you go out in public and not not even judging or condescending, but people are not very healthy these days. Obesity is on the rise. I think 70% of the population is obese. And that's why I started a company that I run to help combat those things. Obviously, that's your mission when you're doing this stuff. But I think it's coming at the exact right time where it seems like the health, just because of toxins, the environment, lifestyle changes, which, you know, whether it's a plan or not, these things are real. So people are less healthy now than probably they even were 50 or 60 years ago. So I think this kind of technology is coming at a time where people are ready for it. And they're, they're kind of ready to say, hey, what am I gonna do that's out, outside of the mainstream paradigm to really take control of my health? And I think that's, What's really important is for people to be sovereign over their own health and not shrug off that responsibility to a doctor or anybody else that's going to tell them certain things and really go within to do that. But um, as far as the... I agree. Very good. I agree. Yeah, 100%. Um, as far as the process by which it works, would you agree with this? Because this is my understanding just from reading your... Uh, website and listening to you on other podcasts, I think human beings are more composed of light matter 
rather than physical matter, meaning like you were talking about with amino acid sequences, that we can change these things in an instant because yes. we're actual down to the DNA level. Those are actually strands of light and it moves at the speed of light. So you can create these things like amino acid sequences that would help people heal or different type of enzymes that would help uh, different bodily functions or whatever. Um, is that an accurate assessment? If, if yes. people were to say, okay, like, you know, how do I wrap my head around this? Would that be kind of the first step is understanding that we're more light? Yeah, that's brilliant. If, if you look at the atomic model and when you have a neutrons and protons in, in, the, in the nucleus and then an, an orbiting valence shell, the, the, the electrons, well, what's in between space? So if, if that's, if that's going to be the atomic model for the universe, then 99% of the universe is space, open air. Well, what's going on in that open air, so to speak? It's intelligence, it's consciousness, it's scalar light. And I agree with you. And we have to, we're so fixated on the physical. The physical is the end result. It's the caboose. We should be fixated on the energy that creates the physical form. So scalar energy is that, that intelligence that creates matter, or if you will, will maintain matter. There's a great example. Scalar energy is a double helix in composition if you look at the composition of a, a scalar wave it's as if two uh, corkscrews are intertwined it's a double helix well it's it is the life force behind our dna which is what a double helix a corkscrew so it is scalar energy that gives instructions creates and maintains dna so dna is the end result of scalar energy and once we realize that, we'll realize that, again, the animating force of all life is scalar energy. Wow, that is, that's powerful. And I think people too, even like myself, if you kind of know that in an intuitive level, and a lot of what we go through, because we get into the 3D world a lot of times, we kind of lose that. Uh, but once you realize that, then you realize a lot of things like disease or bad health or anything like that, the gap between A and B of making that better can be shortened a lot. It doesn't have to be linear. It can be yeah. exponential. And I think that's what's cool about scalar energy is it moves at the speed of light. So these things, that they're non-local, so to speak. Yes. Very good. I love that term. What, what do we mean by that? Well, when, as, as you said, when we're working with light, it's instantaneous action. This is instantaneous action. And a lot of people say, well, my, I've labored with my health and I can't improve it. Well, many times with scalar light, we can improve the health of people and animals quickly because this action is instantaneous and it's fundamental. So it's, it's phenomenal, the results that we're having. And I'm, I'm trying to promulgate what, what this new science means to mankind. This is going to change the world. This technology, scalar light technology will change the course of history. I know you may have to put caveats on this, but what would be, do you have any good testimonials of say someone that came to you, used the technology and then had change and say, say like be as accurate as you can. I know there may be like stuff that you have to talk around, but um, tell us like if someone, like people that have come to you and used your technology, what are some of the results they've had? Okay. In my laboratory, I can always prove say the existence of, of a pathogen, let's call it the herpes virus. 
And in my laboratory, I can ascertain the intelligence that holds together the herpes virus. Let's say these are the molecular bonds of herpes. I can break down the molecular bonds of the herpes virus. I can shatter the herpes virus. Now, I have to wait for people and their response. This is a new science, so we can't really consider this uh, a uh, biological process. It's not. <clears throat> it's an informational process. So lo and behold, I have to wait for people. I have to wait for a PCR test. And invariably people will tell me, after I've had herpes for years, I no longer have a viral load. It is the scalar energy sessions that I can prove, that I can establish, can control the molecular structure of anything, including a virus. And if we can deconstruct a virus, disassemble a virus, it ceases to exist. And now the testimonies are starting to bear witness to that because everybody that I've worked with now is saying that they no longer have the herpes virus. They may have been infected for five, 10, 20 years, but according to their testimony, they're no longer infected. That is crazy. And it also, I think, gives credence to, I was actually just reading in a book about uh, this power of belief. And I have, this is stuff that I just love reading. And I, like you, I'm a voracious reader and I read all this stuff for fun. Um, but it was talking about people that are schizophrenic. They can actually change their molecular states when they are in different personality modes. Huh. So people that have had scars that are schizophrenic when they, I guess, I'm not sure exactly how it works, but if they go from one personality to the next, mm -hmm. their scars will disappear because they no longer believe that whatever caused that scar happened to them and it disappears. Oh and, goodness. you know, that's not something that you're going to hear about, talked about in the mainstream or whatever, but there's something going on there with, I think if you like step back, what is it? It's that consciousness or whatever you want to for lack of a better word, because I think that's overused a lot, but consciousness, awareness, divine source is creating reality rather than the other way around. So we don't just happen to be in this 3D world trying to navigate, and if we disappeared, it would still be there. Our reality is creating that. And I think what's cool about scalar energy is there's probably something going on, and you would be better to tell me if this is right or wrong, but there's something going on with kind of like a super consciousness where we're connected across uh, with different people in a non-local manner. Um, would that be accurate to say? Mm -hmm. Yes, yes. Everything's interconnected by this information. So in many ways, this is the omnipresence of God. And, and you're right. It is the intelligence. It is the, the consciousness that dictates the physical reality or the end product. The physical world is simply the very, very end. It's the result of consciousness. I, I agree with you. And this is why it's so important. It's the cause that's more important than the effect. Why don't we concentrate on the cause, the intelligence, scalar energy, scalar instructions, and the physical universe will follow. That's apparent to me. Yeah, 100%. I think we're definitely moving in that direction. Um, before is that a portrait of Christ behind you? Yes. In the yeah, background? Okay. Well, yeah, I was going to say this, this just kind of sparked my brain because I would identify as or identify I am a Christian and the Christian ethos is very important to me. And lately, as I've gotten older, I've just really read, kind of done a deep dive into the Gospels and particularly the Gospel of John. There's a lot of metaphysical things going on there 
that now that I'm older, as opposed to just being kind of like a Jesus narrative, like, you know, the, you know, play story, whatever, when you're younger and you start to see these things and you realize that there's patterns that are entrenched in our minds and everything and that Christ was bringing a message that was a new paradigm for us to understand and I think connects a lot to this scalar energy model. But just talk about, I think there's there's something with the power of prayer going mm -hmm. on there. Um, just talk about like how that kind of interconnects into the scalar energy equation. Prayer, prayer is consciousness. Prayer is scalar energy. And that's why I, um, I, I admonish people to follow a prayerful life, a meditative life. You know, a, a lot of people, we just react. We, we almost become robotic. Why don't we take control of our lives? Why, did, you know, why would Jesus say, pray, 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 pray? Why would he admonish us to pray? That's consciousness. Though. Those are instructions. You're supplicating God. And the instructions lead to a favorable world. So why not the cause, scalar energy prayer, which leads to a favorable consequence? Why not put scalar energy prayer at, at the front of your life? 100%. And I think the more, and I've always, luckily I was raised in a family that prayer was very important to how we grew up. So that was something that was very integral in my life. And now that I'm older, you kind of look back and see how it actually did have an effect. And also kind of too, it moves from this thing where I think a lot of people think prayer is like throwing into the wishing well, is it actually... Rather than saying, hey, I want a new sports car tomorrow, it's saying, God, give me the peace of mind and understanding and wisdom to know what's best for my life to serve other people. And I think whether it's what I'm doing or what you're doing, at the end of the day, people understand what resonates as an absolute truth. And at the end of the day, whatever we're doing and whatever we're creating in the world, I think should be with the intent and purpose of serving people. And when that is your focus, like you're talking about bringing this technology to the world, it might not happen tomorrow, it might not happen next week, but as people like you are on the forefront, um, I think this is going to be something that is transformative to the rest of the world. It, it is transformative. And I like your attitude. Every positive step that we take, you might consider it to be a minuscule positive step. It's still meaningful. And I would admonish people, whatever your station in life, just try and have daily goals, just do your best in life. I do my best as a researcher, and I see the cumulative effect over the years, and the cumulative effect is incredible. Yeah. To tie it back to business, how do you think, it's kind of funny, like if, if people were to be asked now what technology do they think is gonna change the world, a lot of people would talk about blockchain or different sort of AI stuff, which is all well and good, I think there's, there's kind of like an upside and downside to that into like how we allow technology to control our lives rather than using it to help us. But um, how do you see scalar energy integrating from an economic standpoint into our world and kind of having a ripple effect into other industries that operate like the energy industry or things like sure. that? Sure, eventually I think we'll uh, duplicate Tesla's work, Nikola Tesla. He had uh, standing towers. Uh, that would produce scalar energy, free energy. So what am I getting at? If this energy is from the sun and the stars and we tap into it, eventually an application will be relatively inexpensive to power the world. 
I mean, you don't need to drill for oil. All you need is to capture the star energy. You don't need fracking. You don't need a nuclear reactor. All that you need is to tap into sun power, scalar power. And Tesla did that. And once we revisit his work, we will realize energy is all around us. My room is filled with scalar energy. The scalar energy in, in this room could power all, all, of, all of the United States and Canada. It's, it's an unceasing supply of energy. We just have to wrap our heads around that, that God has given us this infinite supply of energy. Now, how will that change industry? Well, in, in, a, in a rather gigantic fashion, I would say. Free energy. What, could, what the world could do with free energy or relatively inexpensive energy? And we wouldn't have to spend so much money. <clears throat> we could spend more time with productive goods and services than consuming our, our, uh, uh, our finances on energy and, and energy uh, uh, exploration. So it's a game changer. We'll, we'll see free energy within our lifetime. That's amazing. I think we're, we're kind of on the forefront of this. I think a lot of times it's hard to see the forest for the trees. So we may not see from a day-to-day -day perspective how that's changing. But if you would have told people 20 years ago that me and you would be on something called a podcast and right. we would be instantaneously recording a video and then putting that out into the world where anybody in the world can hear it. They're like, well, maybe one day, but 20 years, I don't know. But if, you know, the laws of physics for whatever those are, if you have like this linearity and then the, the exponential curve of where we're at on the spectrum of advancement and everything, um, I think it's absolutely possible. And hopefully we definitely get to that point. Um, so I know a lot of what you do deals with using people's photos and using that to, I guess, yeah. transmute the healing across that. When someone has a photo, does it matter if it's an old photo of them or does it need to be the most recent one or is that information stored in the ether um, regardless of whenever the photo is taken? Yeah, excellent question. The, um, the photo, the age of the photo doesn't matter. Now, let me present this. I work with people by way of their photograph. This is my photograph. Now, what am I getting at? A photograph has scalar energy. My photograph is a scalar energy signal. I never work with people. I work with their body double or I work with their bilocated version of photograph. Now, let me draw an analogy. If I can have a, a conversation with Hunter on my phone, like obviously Hunter's not in my phone. I'm not in my phone then I can have a treatment with Hunter by way of his photograph. Okay? This is a representation of Hunter. This is a representation of Hunter's voice on my cell phone. So what am I getting at? I work with people around the world. They're force field by way of their photograph. Today in my laboratory, I, I work with group photographs, Hunter. Today in my laboratory, for instance, this is a collage. I'm working with half a million people. I have half a million photographs, they're miniaturized in my instrument, in my laboratory. So take, take a step back, take a breath. What am I getting at? This is global healing by way of a photograph. This is not medicine. This is not biological. It's an informational process. We only work with information and the interface is a photograph of a person or an animal. 
That's amazing. I know I was looking on your website and some of the testimonials of people. I think there was a dog that had gotten an infection on his nose and within a matter of days that had almost completely healed up, which is, yeah. it's, it's crazy to think, but at the same time, it's not because healing can be instantaneous. And like you said, it's the deconstruction and construction of amino acid sequences that, you know, eventually like down to their base level or DNA happening there. So that's amazing. What would, um, you say to people that are skeptical, obviously I'm not, I, you know, I'm an easy sell. I believe this stuff hundred percent, but what would you say to people that are skeptical and say, Oh, I don't know a photo, like, how's that going to change anything? And to that point, if they're skeptical, does their belief actually affect the healing that they can receive uh, from scalar energy? Let's look at your example with the dog, the dog. I don't think the dog realized who's being treated with scalar energy. By the way, that dog is in Hawaii. I live on the mainland. Wow. So I, I treated a dog in Hawaii, 5,000 miles away by way of the photograph of the dog. And you're right, the, the bacterial infection quickly healed. So I, people have to look at our testimonies. And that's the, that's the scientific protocol. That's the body of evidence that we have now. Now keep in mind, this is a new science cannot prove this by Newtonian science. This is not medical science. This is not Western medicine. This is a new science that demands a new protocol for proving. So what is the proving ground right now? Well, uh, visit my website. We have 4,000 testimonies. When you visit the website, you'll have, you'll see testimonies of people who claim they once had HIV, that they no longer have any viral load for HIV. People who had once had herpes, they no longer have any viral load for herpes and they feel much better. So this is the, the emerging evidence. Are, are people skeptical? Yes. Should they be? Well, I, I, don't, I don't dissuade them from being skeptical. I want them to do their homework. This is a new science. Simply don't judge what I'm doing by Western medicine. This is not Western medicine. You have to be open-minded to a new science and to new possibilities. Well, to that point, I think it was actually the main editor, I forget who it was, but the main editor editor of maybe it was might have been the New England Journal of Medicine came out and said recently that pretty much every single medical study that has been performed is worthless because there's so many different variables you can't necessarily say, and you can get a study to say whatever you want. And so I think a lot, yeah, there's some like validated things that we can see through research. I think so. But if the world is quantum and we are a part of a quantum consciousness, none of that matters because light waves move instantaneously. And so you're trying to like isolate these variables and you can't necessarily say, you know, oh, well, we, for instance, a lot of the medical research is done on very sick people. And how does that apply to if you're a healthy person or even a relatively healthy person? It's not going to be the same because you're biochemically and biologically unique to the people, to yourself, and then different from the people that studies are done on. So I think hopefully we get to the point where people just completely throw out studies altogether and say that's worthless. It's not something that relates to my life and how can I use this to actually take control of my own health. Yeah, yeah. Um, I didn't know that about the New England Journal. Uh, let, let's say this. I am working with scalar energy. It's fundamental. Light is fundamental. 
So I can direct this light, I can control this light. And one of the ways I can control it, I can actually break down the molecular structure of a germ, a microbe. Now that in and of itself should be headline news. I hopefully someday it will be. This is the easy way by light to break down a bacterium or a parasite. So um, the evidence is emerging. Uh, yes, we have to have a, a due diligence here. We have to uh, have many uh, people and many institutions look at this energy and try and ascertain how it functions and why it functions. But I go on record that this is a game changer. Scalar light, which can control molecular atomic form, and we can fashion, either create or, or disassemble molecular and atomic form. Wow, that's, that's incredible as far as I'm concerned. I did have one question, and you may or may not get this some, but I think, you know, as an entrepreneur, I have goals that I set, and lots of entrepreneurs have that. They have goals that they want to achieve, and hopefully for most people, that's to, it's not for themselves, it's to help make the world a better place. Would this type of technology work from a goal-setting standpoint? Because we know it obviously works with health, with health, but if you have a very specific intention that is for the service of humanity, is there ways to use it? to help bring forth whatever your goal is and intention into the world. That's, that's brilliant, yes. When people have goals, I, I, I specifically believe that that's a scalar energy function, a goal, prayer, meditation, some type of objective. So you're sending out that intelligence and intelligence dictates the course of action. Now, I have daily goals. I, I try and do something on a daily basis. That's a scalar energy pathway. You know, it, 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 our intelligence, our design leads to what? The, the physical manifestation. And so it's so important to have a goal or to have so, some type of mission statement. You know, you need direction. Why would you ever get in a car and just drive around aimlessly? You wouldn't do that. You need direction when you drive a car. We should have direction in our daily lives. And that's, you're hitting the nail on the head, Hunter. That's brilliant. That's what scalar energy is. It gives us direction. Yeah, for, for much of my life, I've been a competitive athlete. And I didn't realize it when I was younger, but you get very intent on setting these goals. You know, whether it's a team goal, we want to win the championship, or just an individual goal, I want to become a professional or whatever. Then you realize it's not so much about that, but it's about coming together, whether it's, you know, with your own self, or I think what's even more powerful with a team and having a specific set of intentions around something. But I realize now that's why I think sports are so cool is because it really helps you as you move into other phases of your life with business to have a parallel to understand that. And I don't think I would be able to grasp the concept as well if I didn't have that background. So I think it's cool to see that and you see it's kind of like a fractal of the larger nature of reality so to speak yeah brilliant uh, i i uh, we're on this common thread now we see that the action the instructions precedes the physical universe precedes the the outcome and i would say this is why so many people are successful in life whether it's business or athletic achievement you, you have a goal, you, you have some type of ideation, and then you work towards that goal. I frequently see people who flounder in life, there's no goal. I, you know, they just get up and they work. It's robotic. So have a goal, 
you know, if you, if you don't meet the goal, there's no harm in that. You tried. At least you have a goal. At least you have an objective. So as an athlete, as a businessman, you, obviously you have objectives. And, and that's entrainment. You're, you're, you're funneling your, your, your thoughts and your energy to that type of mission statement. So important. Well, to go back to uh, a parable from Jesus with the talents, where we're given all of these things. So God blessed us with this. He blessed us now with to be able to understand this principle and how to promulgate it into the world. And it's our responsibility what we decide to do with that. And are we going to, like you said, not have a goal and not do anything with it? Are we going to really invest and do the work, not from a, like, a way that we feel like we're burdened by it, but a way that we feel like we're making a difference uh, so that in the future that's there. And I think too, to the, uh, I guess they call it the, I've heard it called the Matthew principle to where Jesus said to much, uh, to whom much is given, much is expected. And, or, and then he, somewhere, somewhere along the lines of he who has nothing, even that will be taken from him. Yes. And I think of that with scalar energy of we have everything we need. And when we focus on that, then we tap into that frequency, and that's what allows us to make change in the world. Yeah. God, God, God bless you for that type of attitude. If the world was, was based upon that attitude, things would change. I, I know some, some people flounder in life. Some people have lost that direction. Take control of your life. Just have one or two goals a day. That's all you need. And if it's a cumulative effect, if you do that for a, a month, a year, a lifetime, my goodness, you make such progress. Yeah. Well, to kind of uh, close things out, is there any way that myself or people that are listening to this can help spread the message about this or even get more in touch to experience this for themselves? But just kind of, is there anything and your world right now that you're working on that you would say, man, if someone were to come along, uh, this would really help uh, get this message out there. It's grassroots. And I thank you for this interview. It's grassroots. Why? It's, it's a new and upcoming science. This is not embraced by academia or big business yet. So we have to work at the grassroots level. So thank you for your effort today. Just tell people about this. We, we offer 15 days of free sessions that way people can experience this. I don't expect you to understand this right from the cuff. Why it's new. I'm the, if you will, I'm the founder of, of this movement. And it's a new protocol. It's a new way of thinking. So try our 15 day free trial. You're going to email us a photograph. That way you have experience. And then with that, a dialogue begins. It's all grassroots. That's awesome. I think the best I've heard, you know, because I'm involved in business and marketing and all this nonsense. And I heard this thing one time, somebody said, only losers pay for advertising. <laughs> and it's, it's kind of, I mean, there's, it's true to an extent, obviously, like advertising, paying for advertising helps get your message out there. But if you're, I've been thinking about this a lot lately. If you're, if your product or your service and your mission calibrates 100% with resonant truth, then grassroots is the best way and it's going to be the way that people find out about it because people aren't going to be able to contain themselves from telling other people they know because of the results right. they've had from it. Yeah, you're um, right. So I love that and I love that that's the mission and hopefully how 
one day we can look back on this and be like, wow, that was like one little step along the way that got the world to believe that these things are possible. Yeah. Way to go, Hunter. Thank you. Awesome. <laughs> well, uh, definitely, I'm going to put all of the links to their product and the, um, the 15 days of free sessions in the description of the videos and the podcasts and everything. So I would highly, highly recommend everyone that is listening to this. If you're listening to this right now, go there, bookmark it, do whatever you have to do um, to do it because it's very powerful. And if you've tried my product, before you tried my product, you had no idea. You didn't know how it was going to taste. You didn't know anything about it. And then now all the reviews I get in are, wow, this is amazing. It tastes as good as flavored oatmeal, but there's no sugar. And I think there's always this little hesitation sometimes people have. Well, I don't know what it's going to be like or what it is. Just try it. You have absolutely nothing to lose and uh, everything to gain from that standpoint. So, Tom, is there anything else you want to leave the audience with before we close out? No, it's 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 uh, the point is well taken. Thank you for being an entrepreneur and thinking outside the box. Um, I ask people to visit, visit my website, scalarlight.com. Send us your photographs. Include your dogs or cats. They have bacteria likewise, and we'll, we'll perform the work functions, and you'll see a benefit. Awesome. I'm going to be doing it. Everybody else that's listening to this, go do it right now. You will not be disappointed. And uh, with that, 